Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. This past few weeks, I got to do some traveling and worked while on ferries crossing Lake Michigan, in the car, at airports in Milwaukee, Pensacola, Detroit, hanging out in Grand Rapids, again at airports in Cleveland and Atlanta, and while sitting at a park watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico while I was working in Florida. In the 21st century, technology makes everything constant and virtually effortless, and that got me thinking about how we seem to be forgetting a few keys to successfully engaging, supporting, helping, and leading others. A little thing called complimenting. We are too often complimenting with thumbs-up emojis or just a short little good job text note. Nothing genuine. And as we move forward with everything in front of us all of the time and expecting everything to work because technology and processes have increased quality to near perfection, we are forgetting the human factor of all of this. And I want to spend some time with you today reflecting upon how we can strengthen those around us. The reflecting was sparked as I was working with the staff at the Creative Learning Academy in Pensacola, Florida, and found myself going way off script, one of many times, but I started to talk about how important it is to compliment people and reinforce what is working about, in, and for others. There's an old manual floating around in many schools across the country called the PRIM, which stands for Pre-Referral Intervention Manual. It looks like an old phone book, and it is filled with thousands of behavioral interventions. This book was written to list all of the ways adults can support the needs of students who are struggling with behaviors or learning. It is extensive and covers everything that goes sideways in a school. Here are some examples of things you can find in a prim manual. Student does not change for FIED. Student is easily excitable. Student does not turn in homework on time. Student cannot sit still in class. Student touches other students. Student swears at adults. You name it, it's in this book. Below each of the behaviors, there are dozens of ways that these behaviors can be addressed and curbed through interventions or behaviors that we change in order to support the success of the struggling child. Frankly, I have often thought about writing one of these manuals for people we work with, like for adults, but... I'm going to keep my focus on the podcast. Anyway, each of the hundreds of pages have these lists of interventions. And do you know what the most listed intervention is throughout the entire book? Regardless if it is a student who won't change their clothes or play nice on the playground or is unable to turn in their homework, it's always the exact same thing. Regardless. And it is the number one listed intervention throughout the entire book. And it's very simple. Positively reinforce the expected behavior when observed. In other words, compliment what you expect in order to get more of it. This came to mind a few weeks ago when I was in the mountains of Colorado with my family. A former student of mine suggested a hike in the mountains to us and the entire family loaded up on our backpacks and headed to Mayflower Gulch for a beautiful hike that took us to an abandoned mine and an old log cabin with incredible sweeping views of multiple mountain ranges. It was our third day on vacation. Now, I look forward to hiking all year long. Even though we just got back just shy of a month ago, I'm already thinking about next year because it clears my mind, it challenges me physically, and allows me to be with the people I care the most about, my wife and our two children. Now, I don't know what season of life you are in, but we are in the season with a 19-year-old mini-adult college kid and a junior in high school. Everyone 
is on the run. And being together is something I value over all things. Because as much as I was present in their lives when they were younger, they're now becoming more present in their own lives, and it is what we wanted. We wanted them independent. But sometimes I just want to be in that life with them. So when we took off from our house at 5 a.m. in the morning and drove the 15 hours to the mountains, the entire time I was envisioning and thinking to myself all the laughs and time we will have together. How fortunate I was to have the family together for nine full days, just us, no one else that I had to share any of them with. And as I'm about to tell you, I set myself up for an epic mental game of ping pong where I bounced from being a cow to a buffalo. Now back to the hike. We were all hiking, and our pace was varied, and after a few miles and breaks, I looked up, and Charlie, our 19-year-old, he was out of sight. He had just decided to keep going and take off. I turned to my wife and said, what the heck is he doing? And she, knowing how invested I am in this time, told me it was okay and to just let it go. Don't get too upset. Well, I was flipping seething. After we finished our hike, I couldn't shake the anger I was feeling towards him for not staying with us. Dangerous narratives started to emerge in my mind about how, how, he, how he was ungrateful and selfish, which are the exact opposites of his actual qualities. I went to bed that night and talked to my wife about it some more. Megan really understands how to deal with me when I get wound up. At least I think she's a genius in navigating and dealing with me. She simply rolled over, looked at me empathetically and said, he's here. In that moment, I was like, Arr. the next morning I awoke threw on my pack, and went for a six-mile hike by myself in the forest and up a mountain. I was reflecting upon my son's life and spinning again into a seething frustration. And then, about three-quarters through the hike, about the four-mile mark, I stopped. And I looked out over the peak, and Megan's words hit me once more in the chest. He's here. Darn it, Ted. She's right. He's going to be a college sophomore. He has his own path to pave. And here he is taking an entire week off of work in summer and hopping in the car for a road trip with his parents. He's a Generation Z kid. He's constantly connected. He is so connected that he can see on social media all the things his friends are doing and that he thinks he's missing. He can video chat with his friends and his girlfriend and see what he thinks he's missing. And he's constantly besieged with all the other things of life. I suddenly swelled with empathy and it overcame my anger. That led me to start thinking about how I was treating him and how I was not doing what all my training in life has taught me to do. Be Buffalo and charge into this frustration, Ted. What did I need to do different in order to enjoy this trip and be better for Charlie? Well, certainly wasn't throwing him off a mountain to change his mind. That wasn't an option. Plus, he's way stronger than me. So I needed to throw my mindset off the mountain and remember how lucky I was that he's here. As I descended the mountain, I remembered what I tell people all the time. Compliment, reinforce, and fuel the success. That came from a study I read years ago, which demonstrated that as we age, we are given less and less compliments. And I remember thinking that this is really sad. However, when you really think about it, well, we move from learning how to doing things to being expected to do them. And when you're expected to do them, you either do them right or wrong, and you usually can disappoint people pretty easily. As an example of how easily we complimented people, let's talk about Charlie again. When he was a little toddler, like one or two years old, we began the journey of potty training. Every time he sat on his cute little blue toilet in the bathroom, we positively reinforced him with compliments like crazy. Great job, Charlie. Well done. Way to go. Who's the big boy now? He'd get a matchbox car and we'd call his grandparents and everybody'd celebrate and we would shower him with compliments every time he did things that today he just does. 
We would tell him how great he was when he brushed his teeth, how smart he was going to be for eating his vegetables, how impressed we were when he started to read, how excited we were that he was a good teammate when he played sports, how wonderful and kind he was when he was nice to his sister or when he cleaned his room. It was compliment, 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 compliment. Now, as a 19-year-old, I began to wonder how often I complimented him. Then I remembered the rest of the study. As we age and move through life, the ratio of compliments shifts from one compliment per positive behavior to one criticism per any behavior. He could have done that better. It's a pretty good job. I wish he would have tried a little harder. I started to think about my own language and behavior with Charlie, and then I started to think about it with everybody I work with. And that day, I was seething. The day I was seething about Charlie and my language, oh, it was subtle. And it was constant, and it was constant criticism, both verbal and nonverbal. Instead of complimenting him for staying with us the majority of the time, I was laying into him in my dad way. Why can't you stay with us? Do you have to walk ahead of everyone else? Why do you have to walk so fast? Why don't you wait for us? What do you need time by yourself for? Ted, what the heck? Not only did I create the conditions for him to want to leave us, I also spun myself into an incredibly selfish fit when what I needed to do was appreciate the efforts he was making to be with us and compliment him, positively reinforce him, and support his natural need as a young man for some space. As I finished my morning hike, I emerged from the poplar forest feeling both like an idiot and relieved. I had figured out how to pivot for myself and for my family. I walked into the house, and he was awake. He stepped out of the bathroom, and I said, Way to go, Charlie! Who's the big boy now? I'm just kidding. I didn't say that to him. Anyways, what I actually did was recognize that he's here and I need to compliment him and engage him in the decisions that impact him. And before I found myself frustrated with anyone else, I shifted my behavior to gratitude, reinforcement, and being honest with him and a little bit vulnerable. I took Charlie aside and explained why I was such a bear the night before. I explained that I needed to change and I complimented him for being here, for giving us time and told him I really valued him for giving us the time and just being who he was. And that if he needed time or space, just tell me and I'll give it to you. The greatest compliment I could give Charlie was the one that I told him, I'm just proud of you for who you are. The rest of the trip, I still found myself wishing that he would be with me more and that we could be together every single minute, but that was a different season of life. That's when they were little, when they wanted to be around us all the time and everything was an adventure. Now they're young adults. And I want to compliment them for giving us the time that they gave us. So, how do we get better at getting people to be their best without our judgments getting in the way? Compliment them when they're doing good things. Let me give you a few strategies and tactics to think about to support the people in your life. I believe that compliments are the most powerful when they are overheard. The ones that are passed on to you and the ones that are shared with you. Here's what I mean. When someone does something that you want to reinforce... Of course, give them a compliment. Identify what it is they did, why it mattered, and how it made a difference. Those are keys to solid compliments. What did they do, why did it matter, and how it made a difference. Good job is a compliment, but let's supercharge that by making good job a stem sentence instead of a complete sentence. One of my favorite things to do is to ask someone else to pass on a compliment for me. When I was in the classroom, I would pull a colleague aside and say, Hey, when you see Benjamin... Tell him I thought he did an awesome job in class today. Now, I doubled the impact. The student hears a teacher who was not there say something good about him, and he knows I was proud. 
public compliments, be careful with that. They tend to embarrass because we culturally like to hammer down those that stand out. So be subtle. Another one is to call those that they love and serve with to share your enthusiasm for them. Call the parents of them when you see things that make a difference. And I'm not talking about just the kids, the adults too, your colleagues. If you think for a moment that a parent of an adult in their 40s doesn't wonder how their kids are doing, you're nuts. I experience this all of the time when my mom or dad, my mother and father-in-law, they will just call me to tell me that someone told them something about me or one of my kids, and I swell with positivity. It reinforces the effort, the time, the pain, the narratives, and all the frustration that got us into the positions that we're now in, which tend to be positive. When I get a call from my mom and she says, hey, I ran into an old student of yours, and they remember you being their coach or teacher, and they said that I was one of the teachers that they wish they still had. Well, those are awesome. One, because my mom's proud, and two, I'm still remembered. Think if your mom or dad received a letter from a colleague or a leader and the letter was simply sent in an effort to give you a compliment about them. I've done this. Megan and I have sent letters to the parents of our children's teachers, thanking their mom and dad for raising such a great son or daughter. Spouses, partners, boyfriends, and girlfriends getting a note that compliments can be another tactic to demonstrate that you value and what you value in others. These are the people who are sharing the journey with you, and they care about them in an intimate way, and them knowing that you care and are impressed or proud is very important to them as well. Save your Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram posts. Compliment in ways that are everlasting. You can't hang an electric message on your refrigerator, but you can clip a card up there. Now, one warning. You can actually over-compliment to the point that you will get the opposite result. Compliments need to be timely and genuine. If you are constantly telling people that they're awesome, the research is clear. They won't try as hard in the future because they'll believe they are awesome. If you compliment them for their effort, their energy, their perseverance, they'll grow stronger in those areas. Also, do not begin tomorrow by running around complimenting everything and everyone. If it's not your nature, it'll lead to skepticism. Be smart. Be genuine. Be careful not to shock people with a 180 shift in your own behavior. Now, the obvious. A simple spoken compliment is very powerful. Do not overlook your influence upon others by noticing them, telling them that you are proud of them, complimenting them, and using your presence to reinforce within them what they may doubt about themselves. Let people know where they stand. Let them think about your compliment, and you should think about your compliment to criticism ratio and how you are frustrating yourself because you have expectations for others that they do not know exist. Instead, when you see good things, point them out, and there will be more and more good things to point out in the future, especially for those that you serve. Because in the end, it's our job to support the improvement of everyone around us, and you can't do that if you don't compliment them when they do great things. So let's do some smart thinking. List behaviors you need to change within yourself in order to get the most of those around you. Describe a way that you can compliment others, a new tactic, a new idea. And finally, track your compliment versus criticism ratio this week. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening and spending this time with me, reflecting. Please remember to share this episode and others on your social media platform and rate the podcast on your platform. Help me help others. And thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music, and please download or subscribe to their channel on your music platform. 
Last, I was a little hesitant to do this podcast. I wrote it up a couple weeks ago and I kept thinking, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because I was not the best buffalo in this story. I'm challenged by the changing dynamics of my family. I'm impatient often about what I envisioned versus what I get. And I keep learning the exact same thing. I control my happiness and I bring the energy to the opportunities that I face. A few days after we got back to Wisconsin, I was in my office at work thinking about our trip and I called Charlie. He was working and answered the phone and I said, Hey, I want you to know that I really appreciate the sacrifice you made to be away from your friends and all the things you wanted to do to be with us. The realization was that I had not truly taken the time to compliment him. He sat stunned on the other end of the phone and did not know what to say. And he simply said, You're welcome, Dad. Thanks for remembering. We all forget through the daily grind that we need to recognize the contributions of others, need to let them know where they stand, and we need to make certain that in the moments we find ourselves putting ourselves first, letting ourselves down, spinning strange narratives, and failing to see clearly that we need to step back, be grateful, compliment, and not complain. Look at all that we have. It's a lot. A lot that we forget to compliment. A lot that we forget to recognize. One, because most of the things in our lives compliment us and make us better. And second, we need to reinforce in others what is good about them. And when they give us a little bit of it, don't criticize, but simply say, I saw that. It was good work, and I'm proud of you. Wish I found better sounds no one's ever heard. Wish I had a better voice, sang some better words. Wish I found some chords in an order that is new Wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang I was told when I was older all my fears would shrink Now I'm insecure and I care what people think Wish we could turn back time To the good old days When a mama sang to sleep but now it's stressed out wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mama sang us to sleep but now we're stressed out sometimes a certain smell will take me back when i was young never able to Yeah.
Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Stressed out.